game. Blouses. Gallon Chuck. Disaster. Afrogetti. Disaster. Well, I mean, I'm no doctor. We now join America's most popular show already in progress. Everybody loves Mitch and Sean. You guys are the greatest duo. Fantastic. That team sure did suck last night. They just played sucked. I've seen teams suck before, but they were the suckiest bunch of sucks that ever sucked. Welcome to another edition of Post Game Pints Podcast. I'm Sean Campbell with Mitch Gallo. Oh, we got plenty to get to. And yes, Mitch, I'm not a hater. I'm not a hater. Angry Gallo Ale. I enjoyed it. I've told you, I enjoyed it. So I uh, I, I decided that uh, today, for today's podcast, I'm going to have an Angry Gallo Ale because I'm just in a good mood. Packers won. They're off to the, the you know, the a- a- NFC Championship. So I just thought I'd throw it that, that way. You, you, you cool there? You cool with that? Uh- I love it, buddy. And you know what? Um, I would do the same exact thing with uh, with one of your beers. Uh, problem is, I enjoyed your beer a little too much, so I, I have none left. So I have to uh, make a pit stop at some point to LeBros and pick up some uh, play-by-play Campbell. Uh, don't forget, you lost fantasy football to me. You have to drop some off at my door. My own beer, oh. Remember that? Oh, I, I, I know, I know, okay. and I will. It's just a matter of uh, this whole little curfew issue uh, <laughs> playing into uh, uh, putting a uh, putting a dent in my plans. But hopefully, I can get you some beers by the time um, by the time the Royal Rumble or something hits. No, oh, that'll Actually, be good. you know what? That that I, I need to be more conservative. The Royal Rumble's in like two weeks. I'm gonna you say Wrestle- I'm gonna say WrestleMania. <laughs> You could do this by Royal Rumble. By the way, I got plans for us for Royal Rumble, so don't you worry about that, okay? Just okay. let you know. Dave, you too. Yeah. Uh, of course, point game, post-game pints podcast brought to you by LeBros Brewery. Because of the curfew, because of the hours and everything, make sure you check it out at lebros.com. Check out their Facebook page, and, and, and you know when you can go pick up your beer. They are open. You just have to make sure you know when. Go get your play-by-play. Uh, your Campbell play-by-play IPA, and your Angry Gallo Ale. All right, uh, Mitch, we got a jam-packed show. The Montreal Canadiens season has started. Uh, we told everybody the last few shows we're going to concentrate on the Montreal Canadiens. So how are we going to do this? How are we going to do this, Mitch? Well, Tron, I don't think uh, you and I are capable of doing it alone. I think we need a little What? Help. What? And we might as well, you know, get that help with someone who has the beautiful, booming voice on TSN 690. Yes, we call him the Voth, the voice of the Habs. Uh, we, maybe we only need to hear him. Maybe we don't need to see him at all, Mitch. Can, can we hear him, though? Can you hear me? Daniel? Hey, right. we can hear you, Dan. We just can't see you. Well, I, I, I click join with video. Do I, uh, do I get out and go back in? What do you think? I don't know. I, I, I know you're known for your voice, so maybe we just don't even need the video. Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> I, I have COVID hair, so maybe it's a good idea. That oh, I that'd be perfect. 
Uh, so, so right now your, your video isn't working. So you're kind of doing like a half pad hickey here. Oh yeah. Uh, damn, damn, damn. That sort of thing. That's what you would hear. <laughs> all right. Why don't you go exit and retry and we'll try it again. All right. All right. I'll do that. Yeah. All right. So, so, so Mitch, here's what we want to do while we, uh, we try with Dan to see if we can get the join with video and see if that's going to work. Uh, yeah. we want to get some guests that are in and around the Montreal Canadiens. Yeah. And, um, you know, there's just so many people that do such a great job at, uh, at covering the Montreal Canadiens in this city. And, you know, we obviously enjoy covering the team, doing our post-game, doing our post-game shows, but there's so many different points of view that uh, I want to be able to tap into over the course of, uh, of the season. And it's also a way, I think, of expanding um, our reach and, and the people that maybe are going to listen to our podcast as well. That's, that's, that's the thing that I like about the media now compared to maybe when the, you know others were in the media 30 years ago. It, 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 it's still a competitive environment, of course. Yeah. But I really feel now uh, there's, a, there's a sense of community and, and working together and sharing ideas. And, and, and just, you know, if, if somebody else can use our platform to further themselves, uh, I think that's great. And if we can use their platform as well, uh, I think that's really constructive. So um, I, I'm looking forward to just talking to all the different people that, you know, you and I, we work um, on TSN. So it limits the people that we can talk to because of the competition that I'm talking about. But on this platform, since it's just you and I and us doing our own thing, you know, maybe we'll be able to talk hockey and share ideas yeah. with some people that we wouldn't normally be able to do so with. Yeah, so that, that's one of the things I'm looking forward to as, as well. And, and you're right, because, you know, you have your opinion, I have my opinion. We kind of, we, we could go back and forth, but sometimes I already know what your opinion is, Mitch. I can, I can think for <laughs> yeah. you. You know, I'm your VBF, very best friend. I can kind of see what angle you're going to go for. And I like bringing different angles and different perspectives and, and really looking at that. And, and, and we thought maybe we'd start things off with Dan, if we could get him connected. But, you know, we'll figure it out at the end of the day here. Uh, that's for you, Claude. But I, I just <laughs> like that, 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 con that concept you said. It's like bringing in different voices and different angles. And I really, what I want to do here too, is concentrate on something that maybe they're very passionate about. We see it on social media a lot. And I like what you said is, you know, with the social media, you're kind of closer with the media than you've ever been before because people interact with the media. You know, you used to just read a newspaper article or, 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 or something on that front. But now you could really, they say something, you can get right back at them. You can uh, interact. So that's, and, and now with the podcast as well, that's one of the things we're going to be trying to tackle. Yeah. And uh, looking forward to, uh, to doing so, Sean, because now, you know, we're at the point where I think we have a better gauge of uh, what this Canadian division is going to look like, what the Canadians are going to look like. We have some games under our belts. And, uh, you know, I'd like to say it's going to be a long season, but it's not a long season. It's a, it's a very short season at 56 games. So, you know, we have so much to get to in such a short amount of time because you're going to blink and we're going to be at 56 games and preparing for um, a playoff, uh, playoff schedule. Yeah, so we're just having a little trouble getting in contact with Dan. I see that he's popping in and popping out, but we'll see if we can uh, actually get this to work. So uh, why don't we just go to the Canadians while we wait there, Mitch, and just they've played a couple games so far. They're still continuing on the West Coast. Uh, our first one, uh, our last episode, we talked about Romanoff and what he was able to do. Uh, Josh Anderson brings a whole other element to the Canadians too. Well, he really does, and, uh, you know, we, we've thrown the comparison of Eric Cole out there. 
as a, as a, the last maybe power forward that the Canadians have had. I don't remember Eric Cole being uh, as physical when he was with the Canadians on the forecheck and along the board. So that's something that's really nice uh, to see with Josh Anderson. And Sean, the fact of the matter is the Canadians were starved for a player like this. The fan base has been craving to have this type of guy in their lineup. And, you know, I, I've said this many times, but, you know, ever since I can remember covering the Montreal Canadiens, and I've been at this, you know, you and I are both a little bit over 10 years, I would say, uh, in some form covering the Montreal Canadiens. Anytime the Canadiens acquired a player, whether it was through waivers, through free agency, or through trade, the mm-hmm. – the, the, the diehard Montreal Canadian fan, and maybe not hockey fan, but the diehard Montreal Canadian fan, the first thing they would do is ask how big the player was. It was yeah. a default. It was, it was never, oh, how, how were they drafted? Or, yeah. uh, you know, how many points did they get last season? No, the immediate instinct was, how big is that guy? And now they're at a, a time where they finally found somebody who's a combination of the two. It's not just a guy there for size. But he has size, but he brings so much other attributes to the table as well. Yeah, it's like you go to hockey reference right, right away, put the name in. Okay, so this guy's coming. Oh, he's 6'2". Oh, sweet. But then you're like, but he's, I bet he's slow. Uh, a little different on the other side there uh, that he was able to be fast and large. And, and I think that he just brings a different uh, compliment. It's been a couple games. He just takes the puck and brings it to the net. That's all you want to see with a guy with size. And the Canadians have had guys with size that didn't have the speed to get to the puck in the net or the will the will to bring the puck to the net. And, you know, that's all you want is puck to net. It's things that you see Gallagher do a whole lot, but he doesn't have that size. He's, and even Gallagher, not, I don't want to call Gallagher slow, but at the same time, he's, he, he's just at a different, uh, you know, speed level, but he does have that drive. So now you saw a guy with the drive, the speed, and the size. It just gets Canadian fans super excited for that next level of a player. So Josh Anderson is a guy that I think complements everybody very very well could make some more room for Gallagher and it's interesting that Josh Anderson has had such a strong start of the season where someone like you know Yoel Armia has struggled a little bit and he was the guy that did it the the whole time I think uh, I I see uh, the pretty mug of uh, Dan Robertson in the bottom right of my screen so I think I I think we might be okay now all yeah, right. I went I went from my laptop to my iPad. This is my iPhone. I had to change some settings in there, so I think we're okay. <laughs> but what, whatever works, uh, Dan Robertson, yeah. voice voice of the Canadians on TSN six ninety on the post game Pines podcast. Uh, look, Dan, thanks for taking the time. Really appreciate You're it. You're welcome. So, sorry for the uh, hiccup that you had to use the three different things. But why don't we just dive into it? I know that we were just starting about Josh Anderson, but I got to ask you about a guy on that line. He's had a good start to the season for the Canadians. But I have always felt that you were a backer of him because you've known him a long time, and that's Jonathan Drouin. Is Josh Anderson the perfect complement to Jonathan Drouin on that line to make him have the season that everybody wants? Uh, maybe in the sense that I think he'll dislodge some pucks on the forecheck and that sort of thing. It's an intriguing line. Uh, there's a little bit of everything on it. And just from what I can gather, and I'm not, I hope I'm not reading into it too much, but it seems like Drew has having fun. You watch him at practice, lots of smiles. He's got a lot of jumps so far. He did last year, too. We know that to start the season. He wasn't good um, when he came back. And then in the playoffs, he was pretty good. So uh, I hope they stay together for a long time. You wouldn't – I mean, they will if, if they are uh, productive. And, you know, I think eventually they'll be 
the number one line, if we want to call them that, one or one A. But, you know, so far, so good. Everybody has a, uh, it seems, a, a liking to dump on Drew when things go wrong. He's a bit of a whipping boy. But, uh, you know, for his mental sake, I hope he plays well because I, I don't think he takes to it very well when he gets that kind of criticism. Yeah, Dan, you know, I, I find it really unfair. Um, I, 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 I've said this before, but I believe that for whatever reason, Montreal Canadiens fans always need one whipping boy, one guy they can pick on. And if Jonathan Droy leaves the Canadiens, that focus is going to shift to somebody else because yeah. it always does. Before Drouin, it was Pacioretty. And before Pacioretty, it was Scott Gomez. And before Scott Gomez, it was Patrice Brisebois. And there's always somebody that they need. And I'm sure the Canadians aren't the only fan base that does this. Yeah. But Drouin comes in with such big expectations. He's a Francophone player. He's drafted third overall. He's a big-time point producer. And then the Canadians also, right off the hop, put him in a tough situation, playing him in a position that he's not all that comfortable with. It's just like, I, I feel bad for the guy because I don't really know what he has to do in order to get the fan base behind him. Because we hear it all the time. People want him to be Gallagher. That's not who he is. He's never going to play with the intensity that Brendan Gallagher plays at. So I, I just kind of feel bad for the guy. Yeah, he did something in the first game that, to me, it, it kind of reminded me who Drew is. They were on the power play, and he was on the right side. He tried to force a pass across ice, uh, and he shouldn't have done it. It was picked off and sent down the ice. I don't know if he'll ever get that out of his game where he's he, – he tries to take a make a play that's high risk, low reward, and oftentimes it doesn't work. Had that pass completed, it wouldn't have set up like a sure tap-in goal. It was just a pass – basically to the, the, the cross ice to the top of the other circle. I don't know if he'll ever remove that. I mean, I'm sure when he went back to the bench, one of the coaches said, look, don't do that. But <laughs> they've been telling him that forever. That's, that's part of who he is. You can live with that um, if he can produce. And the other night, I felt bad for him. He hit Kendrick Nicholson with the puck, and uh, Jimmy Vesey ended up scoring off of it. I kind of miscalled it. I said that Drew I gave it away. But I guess when I look at it again, those, those are plays, too, that – when he comes back into his own end too much, he wants to hang onto the puck, make a perfect pass. Sometimes he just has to make the, the safe play. But apart from all that, just accept him for who he is. If he's close to a point of game and he doesn't kill you defensively, then that's fine. He's not going to be Guy Lafleur. He's 25. He's got 350 games under his belt. So we know who he is. I don't know. I don't know why. I mean, I guess there are different reasons why he's a whipping boy because they traded Sergeyev because he came in with an advanced billing and maybe because of what went on in Tampa Bay for a while too. But uh, yeah, I really hope he plays well this year. And there's not so much focus on him, whether or not that'll make a difference. I don't know. Was that uh, pass the backhand pass saucer that he always does the backhand sauce? Cause I've banned it by the way. I, I've tried to tell him stop doing yeah. the backhand uh, saucer, but I don't know if he's listening to me. Yeah, I don't imagine he is, Sean. I think it was a forehand pass, but uh, okay. <laughs> makes you wonder. Like, has, has a Shea, Shea Weber ever grabbed him by the neck and said, "If you try that backhand saucer pass again, uh, I, I guess not." But you know what? Yeah. He's creative. Um, yeah, you know that sometimes he's too creative. So all right, so it's... so so Dan, I know that you've always been—I don't want to say in his corner, but a backer and a believer yeah. in what Jonathan Drouin can do. And I, I'm just curious on that front. I know that the expectations of Montreal, like Montreal, like Mitch said, are always super high. The gush Shea knew he's coming to Montreal. And I do believe 
if he gets 60 points, people want 70, 70, they want 80. If he gets 100 points, why didn't he have 120? I know that how it is with Jonathan Drouin. But in your eyes, after watching him, to where he is today in his career, what is the best, you think, and let's go with an 82-game season, what do you think a best performance, best-case scenario for Jonathan Drouin? What kind of player do you think, what kind of numbers do you think he can put up? Oh, you know, maybe – maybe 27 goals, 53 assists, something like that, an 80-point guy. Uh, and look, maybe... That's a point of game, man. That's a yeah, game. well, he's got a pretty good centerman with him who passes in his direction. That's his normal passing, right? He's a right shot, Drew has a left. Maybe that'll help. I, he does have that talent. I, um, I'd i like to see him shoot the puck more. Uh, I think that would help him. And um, listen, I, I don't think it's it's out of the question, but if it doesn't happen, if it's not close to a point a game average for him this year, uh, then you have to wonder. I mean, you wonder too, like how long is he going to be here? How much longer if he doesn't have a good season at all? I mean, do they move him? They, they wouldn't get much for him, I guess. And I shouldn't even get into that because who knows what will happen. But first things first, I think, uh, I think a point a game isn't out of the realm of possibility. Yeah, I, I, I really think that's a possibility. And like you, Dan, I've been a big backer of Jonathan Troy since day one. Um, covering uh, covering amateur sports with the Suburban. I watched him play when he was with Wax St. Louis and was always right. a big fan of watching him play, especially when he has that confidence and that mojo. Um, I, I'd say it, it, it feels different this year with the two guys he's with, with Suzuki and Anderson. Because if I look back at the past three seasons, like the first one, I'm going to just write it off because he was playing center. Yeah. And last season – he was really good until November that game against Washington. He got the injury. So I'm looking at two out of the three seasons where I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt and the one in between. All right. He had a tough year. Um, and even that season, I really feel like he was okay until January, February. I think it was when the Canadians were out on the West coast that their season as a whole uh, really took a dive, but this season he's with Suzuki and Anderson. And if I look back at the last three, I can't remember the time when he wasn't the go-to guy on the line. Now Suzuki is the go-to guy on the line. He could just focus on playing his game and getting the other two guys the puck. Yeah, and I would like to see him increase his productivity on the power play too. I, I like the fact that he's kind of down there by the net to the left of the goaltender around the goal line. He's moving around a lot. They, they all are moving around more this year. But he's a really good passer. So if there's more movement, if, if he's cruising around down there, then, you know, maybe he can tee up Weber at the fire circle for some one-timers and that sort of thing. And then uh, because we know that the special teams has been a problem for Montreal for quite some time too. The power play needs to be better so far this year. And it's two games. It's been pretty good. Um, so I think we have to remember that too. And when he, when he came to town, that was, I think, and for good reason, a lot of the focus was this guy is really going to help the power play. Well, he hasn't. Uh, he has to take some of the blame for that. Um, I, I haven't always liked the way the power play has been set up, although I couldn't set it up any better. I'm no no coach. But <laughs> after a while, if it's not working. Yeah, after a while, yeah. if it's not working, working for a long time, you have to you have to do something. And I think they've addressed that this year. So let's look for him with the man advantage and see what he can do there, too. It's, it's like when I, you know, when somebody asks me something about goalies, I'm like, yeah, would you want me to tell him that he should have Like, I don't, I'm not going to tell, uh, you know, evaluate a goalie. I have no idea what a goalie's going to do yeah. out there. All you should have Sean, Sean, come on, man. Don't you remember when I told Carey Price how to play goal? Yeah. But I'll say this, 
Gallo was right about Miko, Miko Koskinen. Get the puck on that. He's going to have a bad night. And that guy looked like a bad road yeah. goalie. That was, that, was, that was a rough one. Uh, Dan, look, I do have a, a, a little bit of a pop quiz later for you and Gallo before we wrap things up. And I, okay. there's a couple other topics I really need to get into because I know you're the one that cares the most. And speaking of goalies, I need to ask you because you work with most of the media. And I'm not trying to make fun of any of the media out there. But come on. Why do people care about Carey Price's pad color? Why in practice do I get pictures of his pad color? Why are people asking questions to him in the post-game interviews about his pad color? Dan, please, please, please shed light on this. Well, when that question was asked by somebody who I, I like and respect a lot, and, and when Price said, uh, I didn't change my pads, uh, you could sort of <laughs> – you could but hear he a pin drop, right? But What's he did. He wore the same pads right. in games. He just practiced the other day, and he's yeah. like, "What is this question?" Yeah. Well, you're like me. I could not care less. I think if you're 10 years old and you're a goaltender, then it's okay to get excited about it. But <laughs> yeah, or you know, he's got a crazy mask that might be worth a picture, I suppose. Uh, I don't know. There's a fanboy in, in a lot of people. Uh, not in me. It's not. It's not my cup of tea. Maybe. <laughs> maybe they think uh, that the that their audience is into that sort of thing. But uh, yeah, it, who cares? It's funny. I'll sit with JP O'Connor practice and he'll say, and this is different, but he'll say, look at uh, cock and Yimmy changed his tape job in a stick. I'm like, how the hell would you know that? I, you know, that's JP. He likes to do that to me anyway. So we that's, that's, that's a JP guy. Yeah. Know. Yeah. I do. Uh, I do. I do think the pads look nice though. I'll give everybody that. Yeah, you talk ones? about how good it looks, but when you're talking about evaluation of his game and then you bring in a, why'd you change pads? You didn't yeah. make the save. Like, come I, on. Campbell, I, I remember that also being a big deal when uh, Marc-Andre Fleury got away from the yellow yeah. pads. It's because right. yellow was a bad color for for Visions and your, your rods and cones uh, decipher yellow differently. Did you know that, Dan? I didn't know we were getting into rods and cones <laughs> in this podcast, but that's, uh, that's okay. That's okay. Yeah. Hey, uh, Dan, right. talking about um, reporters, what'd you think of, um, what'd you think of the Jake Borchek, uh Zoom conference a couple nights ago? Because I didn't like it. I'll tell you why in a second, but I want to, I want to know what you thought of uh, Jake Borchek calling the reporter a weasel and saying that he's going to write whatever shit that he wants. Was that Mike Sealski, right? Mike yeah, Sealski. that's right. Yeah. The term the term weasel really cracked me up. Uh, I don't know why. It just <laughs> it, it, it cracked Konechny up too. Yeah, that was that was probably the best part of the whole thing. Uh, you remember when um, Steve Simmons uh, came out with the news that Austin Matthews had the coronavirus, and the next yeah. time they met, I liked the way that Matthews dealt with it. He just said, "Listen, I didn't whatever he said. I I didn't appreciate that." Blah, blah, blah. He stopped, yeah. and then he answered the question. I thought that was a good way to do it. I, obviously, I don't know the background between the reporter and Voracek, but it's, uh, you know, it got to Jake, clearly. He didn't need to drop an F-bomb, I didn't think. Not that that's the end of the world, but uh, I, I guess it's just a situation where over time that he hasn't liked what he's tweeted or written or, or said. I don't know that reporter at all. I guess none of us do, but it, was, it made me laugh. It was kind of an awkward moment, uh, to say the least. Yeah, you only okay, have to I think it... Go ahead, Mitch. I was going to say, I think it made everybody laugh, and I got a kick out of it. We played the soundbite, and I have no problem with uh, with Borchek calling out the reporter. I really don't. And for us, it gives us something to talk about and gives us audio to play. It's fantastic. But the only thing I didn't like so much about it, Dan, is to me, I had no idea who that reporter was. Yeah. And Jake Borchek actually now put him on a pedestal. 
to a certain degree. Like, I think a lot of people didn't know who this guy was. And I don't have any numbers to back this up, but I bet that guy's Twitter count went way up because of the soundbite. And it always reminds me, like, back in the day with Tortorella and Larry Brooks, like, how much did Larry Brooks actually benefit from the feud with Tortorella? Yeah. And how much is this reporter going to benefit from Voracek calling it out? Calling him out. Voracek's a big star. This guy's a nobody. Voracek actually just made this guy more credible than he was maybe before. So if I'm Voracek, maybe it's not the best play just because it gave this guy a little bit more attention. Now everybody's digging, trying to find out what yeah. the beef was, what this guy wrote. So I just, I just don't know if it's the best play in Voracek's playbook, even though I completely understand that you know, he's upset and wants to call the guy a weasel, which I also agree is a funny word. Yeah, I guess it just the, the emotion kind of overtook him, and it would be interesting to know all of the background, and I didn't really look around online for it. It's fun. Go, 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 go read okay. about it. It's pretty yeah, funny. I, I will. Voracek well, Silski, you'll find it right away. Oh, so <laughs> if, it's not, if it's not a Zoom call, if it's normal days where there's a scrum, uh, I guess, it, well, there'd be, there would have been TV cameras around the scrum anyway. And, and if he'd have asked Jake the question, then you would have gotten the same answers. Just seemed a little different these days. Maybe they could have, he could have pulled him aside and talked to him a little bit, but uh, it's, it, it was almost, I don't remember the last time. Well, I guess it was Matthews and Simmons, but it, there wasn't as much acrimony there, but uh, yeah, the, the Tortorella Brooks one was great. I mean, Larry Brooks is a, you know, he's been around forever and a day and he's a good follow, good writer, but uh um, yeah, I, I guess he could have dealt with it differently. I'm not, again, I hadn't, I didn't know that guy's name before this all went down. So uh, you're right. I'd like to know how high his, uh, his followers went after that whole interaction. I'm sure there was a jump. I don't, but, my, uh, my I'll, fear I'll, is. I'll probably say I didn't, I didn't follow him. Well, <laughs> my, my approach has always been since I started the job, don't ask a stupid question. And I've, I've probably asked them. Or, you know, don't annoy someone not to, you know, I'm not going to tiptoe around, but I don't want to be, I don't want to be that guy who's, uh, you know, everybody's talking about in the media. I think that the worst thing that happened a few years ago, the Canadians had a tough loss. We were on the road and I went into the room and I asked Shea Weber something and he kind of, I didn't ask it very well. And he kind of <laughs> scoffed and rolled his eyes. And I thought, oh, well, that, that wasn't my best work, I suppose. But I let it roll off my back. So, uh, yeah, some, it, it's, it's an interesting dynamic. I don't want to get too far off topic. But just every day when you hear the Zoom conference, I mean, even, even today, uh, there was a question with Claude that he didn't like it very much. And uh, he kind of went back at the guy who asked him a little bit. And then they, they smoothed it out. And, and over time, I mean, over the course of a year, especially if a team is losing uh, night in and night out, and we saw it with Claude last year. Um, yeah, last year, I guess after, during the first eight-game uh, winless streak, losing streak, whatever, uh, nerves are frayed. And, um, you know, it, the reporters have a right to ask a, a good question, and even if it's a tough question, as long as it's fair. And, but sometimes when you're on edge like that, you can take it the wrong way. So it's always a, a, neat, a, a neat dance for me to watch between the, the athletes, the coaches, and the media. Like Mitch asking, do you have to work on your blocker side? That's how, how many years ago was that? Like five? I wonder. So good. Oh, no, I know. Yeah, that was maybe. I, I remember they were playing Pittsburgh that night and they beat them four yeah. times on that side. Uh, yeah, it was I'm about not four years ago. Around the I'm same not... time where I asked um, Michelle Terry about having the fourth line out with uh, three yeah. minutes left in a game where they're down by three. Yeah. And he told me that I was second guessing. I think it oh. might have been the same season. So the common denominator between those two questions, they're both fair. They're both good questions, right? Mm -hmm. And now they're questions that, 
maybe they didn't like because uh, they felt it was, you know, an attack, whatever. It wasn't an attack. It was they were raw in the moment, but they were good questions. And sometimes well, Dan, I'll, I'll tell you, um, Kerry Price, after that moment, did come up to me and give me a pat on the back. As if oh, to really? say, like, no, no hard feelings. Yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't get any such reassurance from Michelle Terry. No. You, you never yes. will either. He might yeah. offer you a smoke or something. Kerry, like Kerry I think, was feeling the moment. I think he, I think he, and then he heard the answer he gave, and he was like, "I'm kind of proud with that one," you know. Yeah. And then yeah. he, he kind of let it go, and he probably laughed and said, "You know, he just asked a question, and I gave him a kind of starky answer." Uh, yeah. Dan, very quickly, because I want to get to a pop quiz. And I, I don't want to run out of time here on the Post Game Pints podcast. Sean Campbell, Mitch Gallo in conversation with Dan Robertson. Uh, all right. Uh, one, by the way, Dave, mark that down. I think Dan named the podcast. It's uh, Don't Ask a Stupid Question. I think that should be the name of the podcast. And uh, uh, I, I just quickly, so if you're on a Zoom and you've been on Zooms, I have two yeah. quick ones for you before we get to the pop quiz. Who, which Montreal Canadiens player do you think would call you a weasel? Oh, boy. Um, well, Markov's retired, so that's out. Uh, um, oh, you say God, I, weasel? I, I'd like, I'd like to think, I'd like to think no one. Um, but if but, somebody were, if someone, come on. Yeah. Uh, well, Domi's been traded. Um, I <laughs> feel like the nose too nice. I'm kind of going, guy, Kakanyimi. Uh, I don't think he'd do it. He's too happy. How about maybe Gallagher? If Gallagher was in a particularly pissy mood yeah. uh, after he got his face driven into the glass or something, maybe it would be Gallagher. But I think he'd turn around and apologize later. Okay. And just before we get to the pop quiz, why are you always last on the, on, on the Zooms? Every final question, Dan yeah. Roberts. Well, I don't last? Because I don't care is, is the short. Um, I, you know, again, I'm not the guy who's got to get his hand up first. I'm just, and what will happen I'll listen to a lot of them. And I, if I hear a, an answer to a question uh, that I had, I, I won't ask. Sometimes I just ask, you know, later on. I don't have to hear my voice. I don't have mm -hmm. to ask two questions. If I hear what I think we need as a station, then good. And I don't have to ask. Today I asked Jake Evans a couple of questions about face-offs. Uh, but, yeah, I'm not, you know, I, I was never that guy who had to be first in line. Hey, Dan, uh, I like hearing your voice, though. Yeah. Oh, well, thank you. I think, I hope our boss does too. That's why I do it half the time, just so they know that I'm actually working. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do, I do enjoy that you do not go, can you hear me? And you do not go, uh, hi, how are you? Is Happy New Year. You, you just <laughs> go straight into your question. And I love that, Dan. All right. So we're, we're pressed for time, but I know you, it's just a little pop quiz we like to do at the end of the uh, post game pints podcast here. Uh, you, you and Gallo can work together on this as a team. Yeah. All right. You want to yep. work together on this one, guys? I would like to. All right. So this is a – you're working on a team. I have 12 names in the National Hockey League this year. There are 12 players that are 37 or older. 12 players, 37 or older. I can give you some clues when you guys uh, hit a couple hiccups. A couple easy ones, a couple other tough ones. Uh, Dan, you can start us off. Uh, Mike Smith of the Edmonton Oilers. Yes, he is uh, 38. I think he's almost 39. Uh, well, I'll go with the obvious one in Zidane Chara. Yep, you got Chara. Just go back J and forth. Jason Spezza. Uh, Jason Spezza. Yes, Jason Spezza. He just turned 37, too. Oh, yeah? Yeah. 
Oh, did you uh, hear Joseph Jason Spezza? He, did you did you hear Jason Spezza said his his agent says if he's put on if he's put on waivers and he's claimed by another team he's retiring. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, way to go. All right, go ahead, Mitch. Uh, Thornton. Yep, Thornton. Of course, no wrong answers yet, Dan. Does Patrick Marlowe still play? Yeah, he's there. In San Jose again? Okay, he's so like he's 55. Still, still kicking the can there. All right, yeah. so no wrong answers. Go ahead, Mitch. Uh, this is where it probably becomes uh, more difficult. Yeah. A little bit harder here. Yeah. Um, like Ovechkin and and, uh, and Weber are right there, but I think they're slightly under. Yeah, they're both they're still 536. They're not 37 yet. Uh, think think goalies. Half of them are goalies. There's your clue. Half of the 12 that I'm asking for are goalies. Wow. Oh, yeah. Well, is, uh, does Craig Anderson count? Yes, he does. Dan? Uh, Lundqvist does not count. Uh, <laughs> yeah, um, he, he hasn't retired. I'm gonna, Lundqvist is on my list. Oh, so okay. Because right. he hasn't the retired. He, still, he, he didn't say I'm done. He's not playing. Yeah. But he's not done. So, his, but he's he his heart. Is, he, is he part of the twelve? Yes, yes, he is. Oh, good. So Lundqvist. So now we, you guys have seven. You need five more, and I see three goalies, two players. Three goalies, two players. Is, is Ron Hainsey still playing? Uh, nope. Okay. How about uh, Devin Dubnik? How old is he? Not thirty-seven. Not yet. I think you might be 35. Okay. Hmm. You got a backup. Let's, Dan, let's, uh, let's knock those goalies out of the park yeah. first. Yeah. Three. There's a backup, uh, a guy that thinks he's still a starter, and another backup. Is Antti Rampa that age yet? Nope, not yet. Damn. Uh, no, no. Another good name like that, though. Another good name like that. Uh, not quick, was in the, quick was in the price draft, so he's not yeah. there yet. Um, not the Ducks goalie, not San Jose. Uh, how old is Mark Andre Fleury? Not there yet. Yeah, yeah, oh, he turned, draft, he, was born, right? he was born in November 84. Yeah. Uh, how old is Ben he, He'll be turning 37 this year, I think, Mark Andre Fleury. Yeah. Ben Bishop? Uh, nope. He was pretty much a starter until last year, the guy that you're looking for. The other guys are pretty hard. Is, uh, he has a good name, like Antti Ranta, and the starter that took over has a good name as well. They both have really good names. Two good, <laughs> solid goalie names in the, on this team. How old's uh, Tuka? Uh, not there yet. Same as Price, isn't he? Tuka, oh, just yeah. maybe a year, yeah, yeah, year that was old. a good goalie draft. Ah, Dave, Price, trying Tuka, Dave, Dave trying to do it. Dave just nailed it. Uh, one, one of the players was longtime captain. We only got a couple minutes left. One of the players was a longtime captain. He's with a new team now. And uh, I was shocked to believe that he found a new team, and I didn't even know he was on that team. Like, oh, I didn't Miku Koivu? Miku Koivu. You guys saw oh, that? Oh, nice. nice. Yeah, Miku Koivu is on that list. He's 37. Another is a defenseman that just signed with the team. He thought he was going to retire, but he came back. And he came back for one year. Defenseman, been in the league forever. He's nothing to write home about. But he's just there. He's just one of those defensemen that are there. He's, his last name is a color. Brown, white, <laughs> black. Uh, tra- the green. Uh, green. Andy Green. <laughs> Andy Green. Oh, Andy, Andy Green. Uh, Andy Green. All right. So you guys are just missing the goalies. You're just missing the goalies. Well, trying to go Team through. USA. Them. Team USA. Clue. Team USA. 
Team USA. Oh, Wait, Ryan, Wick, Miller. Ryan Miller. Ryan Miller. Ryan Miller. All right. Team Finland. Ryan Miller's active? I think so, yeah. <laughs> Team Finland. Team Finland. Oh, uh, in Nashville there, Pecorini. Yeah. And you see Saros. You see Saros. And the other yeah, guy is. Pecorini, uh, that's an obvious one, Dan. We should have got that. Shame yeah. on us. Uh, one, the former Leaf. The last the former, leaf. former Leaf. Yeah. Goalie? Yeah. I'm pretty sure he played for the Leafs. I don't know. He was never any good, though. He was always a backup, career backup. Leaf, um, I, I think. Is, it, uh, is that the one they've got? I think, no, Leaf got Pekka. Uh, former Leaf, I think a former Hurricane, former Lightning. Uh, maybe there's oh, McElhaney. Curtis yeah, McElhaney. Curtis, Curtis McElhaney. There you go, guys. Those are your old players. We worked as a team. I'm just giving he, you clues. He almost signed here, eh, McElhaney. That's the word. Well, well he didn't. Yeah, that's okay. Well, I wish you were in Tampa, Dan. Shut up, Sean. That could be a good title of the podcast, too. Cheers, Dan. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, boys. There you Thanks, go. Thanks, Dan. That's it for Post Game Pints podcast. Campbell Gallo. Thanks to Dan Robertson for putting it, uh, uh, for joining us and talking some halves with us. Uh, we'll be back again uh, with another episode very soon. And go, Packers, go. Well, how's that for your entertainment value? They've done their job very, very well. Awesome! No, 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 no.